Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 168 tonight. We're going to be talking about uh, trip reports. This is actually trip reports part five. And uh, we're going to be talking mystical trips and fish. If you don't know what fish is, fish is a band. So With a P. With a P. A P-H. Um, yes, sir. So if you haven't already, go check out. I have some new Patreon tiers set up. Uh, we have Discord uh, rocking and rolling. If you don't know what Discord is, it's like a messaging uh, app. It's kind of cool. You know, We're going to start doing more fan episodes on there too. So as you can see, um, I set up some different tiers. For $2, you can become a Mind Escapee. That means you get exclusive guest episodes and segments, which I've just uploaded a few of them recently. We've got one with Randall Carlson. Uh, we've got one with Sean Cahill, where he's, he, you know, he gets in there. Uh, we've got one with uh, Laird Scranton. We've got one with uh, Dr. Gregory Little, which was that slideshow um, episode we did on mounds. So yeah, go check those out. Uh, for five dollars, you become an escapee, which you can gain access to fan chat episodes. As I was just mentioning, we can do an episode on Discord where we we chat with you guys. You ask us questions, or we just you know talk about whatever you want, pretty much. So, uh, ten dollars secret escapee. This is something new. I want to you know in the older you know days with CDs and stuff, they used to have secret tracks. I think Green Day Dookie had one. Uh, what is that? Stone Temple Pilots Purple had one. So Nirvana. <clears throat> Nirvana. So I, I want to bring that back into the podcasting format, which is uh, we're going to start doing, I don't know, how probably twice a month maybe, do some secret episodes where I'm not going to tell anybody what it is. I'm not going to tell you whether it's guests or not. Uh, we're going to do some cool stuff, though. I'm talking experiments and, and outside-the-box type shit. So check yeah. that out. Uh, I did want to. I did want to chime in on some of those last uh, Patreon uh, little episodes or some real juicy tidbits. So yeah, if you guys can, man, you really want to tune in because there's some great stuff going on there, like the Cahill one, yeah, the Gregory Little one, and yeah, I, I enjoyed those thoroughly. For twenty five dollars, you will get access to the secret escapee loungers tier, which means that there is a secret. Um, uh, section on our our Discord for that, and then for thirty five dollars, this is my favorite one. You will receive a piece of Maurice's art every month. So Maurice is a photographer, and he will send you one of his you know landscape shots, whether it be you know I'm sure we can figure something out where you can send me you know Maurice will send me like a bunch of stuff to send to you to look at, see which one you want. We'll print it out, send it to you. Yeah, uh-huh. actually, you know, not not to shamelessly plug myself, but if you go check out Instagram, Maurice underscore Hogan, anything on that uh, on my feed is available for print. So, mm. yeah, amazing photographer, and I'm not just saying that because he's my cousin. But thank you, my man. He's really good, and you will become a Maurice site. Ooh, so 
It's a new one I made up. Uh, <laughs> and then, making words and up then for fifty dollars, right. you're you know you're just an amazing person that wants to support the show and help us get places. So, and mm-hmm. for anybody doubting, you know, giving to Patreon and stuff, go watch our first episode. Go watch the quality. Go watch you know everything, and then come you know to the more recent episodes, and you'll see that there's a, a dramatic difference. So, helping out the show definitely helps us out. Put you know better content. And you know, move up the uh, the ladder here. So, well, but yeah, we started you... off interviewing our friends. You know, yeah. not to say anything bad about that. Those were great episodes. They were getting us going. But we've obviously elevated our uh, our guest list as well. So, yeah. <clears throat> and again, we've had some great episodes. So check out our more recent episodes here. And yeah, so check that out. Go check out Discord if you have not already, and uh, head on over to our Patreon. So thank you. All right, now. One more thing, go to indrasweb.org. This is an app we created uh, to create rational discourse around the topics we discuss on the show, whether it be ancient civilizations, psychedelics, ancient psychedelic use, uh, UFOs, you know, any sort of paranormal or weird or sci, you know, anything having to do with any of those topics where if you feel like you have a cool theory or hypothesis, this is going to be the place to talk about it without any of the riffraff that's... Uh, online so head on over to indrasweb.org and you will get an alert when the app goes live which will hopefully be soon i'm gonna start working on that here over the holiday beautiful and uh what's going on not much man how are you good you were out of town that's why we took a few days off there i did do that one episode with uh brian scott uh last week but other than that uh it's been a little quiet yeah no i watched part of that that's a great episode i'm glad you guys actually uh hit 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 back on the roots and i think he came on our show right when he was getting his channel going and uh yeah you guys were paying homage to that so yeah that was a good episode yeah yeah brian's a good dude so yeah check out that episode if you have not already um but uh yeah you were uh in miami you took some pretty sick shots you can go to his uh Again, go to his Instagram profile and check out his uh, photography. He's taking some real Vice City type photos. <laughs> yeah, I found this cool. Uh, it's actually the the bridge that goes to where all the uh, like cruise lines and stuff. I think it's called Port Boulevard. And then I was I just walked down that uh, that bridge there, and it was an awesome view back on the city and. There's like a Ferris wheel and stuff. I, again, when when the lights go down, Miami wakes up <laughs> and the party begins. Yeah, well, not that I party or anything, but we're gonna get back into the days that we were uh, going to concerts more often and uh, experimenting with some stuff. Yeah, so that's what this episode's about. We will first talk about some, you know, a few past experiences at like fish shows and that kind of thing, and then I have some recent <clears throat> ones that I've written down that I, I forgot to bring up on the last trip reports we did, which was trip, Refo- trip reports part four. Um, so this is probably going to be an ongoing thing. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll get to a hundred. Uh, but uh, yeah. So, uh, so let's start it off with, uh, we do this annual trip called uh, Hogar and um, it's kind of like we're, you know, like a coming of age, kind of like a rite of passage type thing in a way. Yeah, male bonding experience. Yeah, like all the men in our family, whatever. Uh, But, you know, we go off and do our own thing. We go on hikes, we go on these day trips, we go, you know, down the river, up the river, that kind of a thing. Um, And 
honestly, I've done a lot of probably most of my experimenting on this trip and just being alone and whether it's like meditation or going on hikes or just kind of messing around in the woods. Um, yeah, it's fun, but, uh, I know more <laughs> Maurice, I don't know if you want to talk about the, when you canoe on, on psilocybin because those, this, I remember, I don't know how many years, it was probably four or five years ago. I remember walking down and I had already come in from, uh, you know, I got, we, they, Maurice held, you know, was hanging back with our cousin, uh, our other cousin who hopefully we'll get him on the show. Maybe it'll be a secret episode. I don't know, but, uh, Maurice was canoeing with him and I had already got finished with one of our other second cousins. And Maurice, I, I just see this kid turning the corner. They're standing up on the canoe paddling <laughs> like they're like Lewis and Clark or something. I don't even know what was. I was just laughing my ass off. Well, um, we've done that river so many times, and it, it's not really that challenging. It's a, it's called the Manistee River. It's a real old ri- river in, in Michigan, and it's old and slow, and we've done it so many times we know all the turns. Mm-hmm. So we came up with a good idea where we wanted to make it a little more challenging for ourselves. And the way that you make it a little more challenging is you stand up in the canoe. Any little wind <laughs> might blow you off the off the side, but we were we actually stood up. Our one cousins were going down backwards. That was the way that they uh, <laughs> intensified their trip. So we decided to stand up and uh, show up at our campground, standing and enchanting, uh, if you will. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> you know, in terms of most of the time. You know, we we talk about these things. We do obviously have reverence, and now even more so that we're older. And you know, I don't just do it to do it anymore. But you know, we're talking in our younger years here, and I think that things can still be gained from those experiences as well. I don't think those are completely fruitless in terms of you know looking back. And I think sometimes just having a good time uh, isn't the worst thing at all either. So absolutely, and uh, you know, I. From the ages of 18 to, for me, actually, it was like a 33 or whatever, alcohol surrounds this trip heavily, and it's not necessarily a negative thing, but, you know, when you're a kid and you're 21, you're going there, you're drinking, you're partying, you're having a good time. I actually went on the trip this year and didn't drink a drop, and it was very wide, it was an eye-opening experience. I actually have a, a video I made where Maurice goes in microdoses out into the woods, Mm-hmm. I just took a I just took a tiny little uh, micro and uh, a little bit of CBD and went out and meditated. But you don't need you made over- that video for a channel, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, the, the bottom line is the booze kind of shuts you off from connecting to the greater picture, and everybody's got to come to that realization in their own time. And obviously, this year I've been going through a lot of different changes and spiritual awakenings and this and that and. I looked at this trip as a whole other opportunity to go out into the woods, not drown it with some chemicals and the booze, mm-hmm. open up my eyes, maybe take a little, you know, herbal whatever, and uh, see how I connect. And uh, to be honest, it was one of the best trips ever. Number one, I remembered the entire thing. Number two, everybody's worried about not drinking, going to the bar. They think this, they need this social lubricant to have fun. And I'm here to tell you that. You don't need the booze to go to the to the, the bar and have fun. You just you be yourself. The jokes start to flow. I didn't. I laughed just as much as every other trip. I didn't need the alcohol. I think 
people tell themselves the stories that they need the alcohol, they need to, to drink and go to the bar to loosen up and that kind of thing. And again, it's just another story you tell yourself. The reality is you can go to the bar, you can be yourself, you can laugh, you can have a good time, you can be goofy, and you don't need that poison. No, it's com- and you're being 100% honest, too, because we've had that conversation before where you felt like, you know, you needed the alcohol to become that jokester or that, you know, trickster type at the bar or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that's good. And and I think that uh, when you look at this, like, trip that we go on, you know, you can kind of push the boundaries of the mind a little bit. And like I said, that was hysterical when I saw you guys turning the corner uh like you just discovered, you know, the Manistee River or something. But, um, I don't know. I think that, uh, so why don't you, what's it like though? I mean, because here's the thing. When I'm in that mode, I don't want to be doing work like paddling, you know, like I've done it actually now that I think about it. I've done it on the river too, but well, it's, I've not, never it's taken not fun. A, yeah, I'm yeah, a I've bigger guy taken... too. So it's, you know, one false move in the canoe and bammo i'm in i'm in the water so. right right well uh, let's not lie there is a current so you don't have to paddle that hard you kind of are just steering yourself down the river unless you're trying to race your your cousins or whatever but again i have never dabbled in the amount that you or some of our uh some of our fans have so i'm more of a one 1.75 type guy and uh mm. that doesn't seem to be a level where it's going to really take you out of out of the world if you will so i have always right. kind of been able to handle myself and you know i've i'm also right next to my 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 dad and stuff like that so I, it's 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 kind of interesting because the booze i have no problem getting out of control with but the other stuff for some reason i try and keep myself in check i guess i don't know and i've Which never is counterintuitive i've never really been an alcohol guy i mean whatever when we were younger i used to drink but i almost felt like it was just like whatever you know i just almost did it to do to do it sometimes it wasn't like oh this is a great feeling you know I, I don't like that buzz per se yeah and after like i i used to drink a lot on the weekends and then i i started to i started to break that off and then i started every other weekend and then i started becoming every month and actually over the last two years i really didn't drink at, at all but now i was like when i was in miami i had a couple of brews but th- th- now I always hit a point where I'm like, I don't want anymore because I know what's going to happen. I don't want to be hung over. So it's like, I don't know. I'm not saying that I, I've, I've healed whatever, but I would never drink to the point of feeling, I don't want to ruin my trip, first of all. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I drink to a point. I, I think I had like two or three beers one night, and that was that's my limit. Well, let's be it, real. I'll, I mean, look, I like the taste of a good beer, you know. It's a exactly. hot day giving me a Modelo. It's a hot day. You know, give me something refreshing. I mean, if I'm going out to a nice dinner and I'm having a steak, you know, I'll have a nice nut brown ale or some, yeah. you know, a couple of those or, you know, but I just, I, I, I beer is something I like the taste of, which is kind of weird, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, alcohol is the worst buzz in my opinion. Well, it all started when I went to this Mexican place down in Miami and they had my favorite beer Pacifico on tap. I'm like, I'm getting one of these. It was in the afternoon mm. and I just had one beer and it's like. I don't know, my whole mindset where the partying and when you start drinking, you got to keep drinking, like that's that whole mindset has shifted. Mm-hmm. And it's more of just like, like you said, let's have a, it was like having a pop at, at lunch. Mm-hmm. And I had my brew and it was, mm, it was so tasty. I put a lime in this thing and it was, <laughs> I was licking my chops. But after that beer, I was like, the beer's gone and that's it. I wasn't like, I got to keep, keep, right. keep the buzz going and partying and stuff like that. But I don't know. I almost treated the, 
the the sobriety as its own drug. And I know I have another friend who quit doing everything for a long period of time and he kind of said the same thing. He's like, you get so serious about being sober all the time that that becomes a drug all in itself. And it's not the, the, the worst thing in the world because you're not putting anything in your body. But then your mind, like, you never really have that time to escape. And I don't mm-hmm. play video games. And I don't do a lot of different things. You I used work. to. You know. No, I did. But that's that's a form of escape. And I don't really have that. So, you know, maybe maybe taking a puff here or there. I don't even really smoke smoke cannabis anymore. So it's like... Doing doing a little something, maybe having a brew at dinner or this and that, very seldomly, but you know, ever so often, that's it's almost a good thing to let yourself unwind like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's good though that you've you know, because I mean, I've talked to you about this in the past. You know, you, there was a couple of years there where I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Get, right. Get it together here. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've had my own issues. Obviously, we've talked about them on the show, but. Uh, with you, it just seemed like it was kind of probably connected to social. You know, you always felt like you, were, you know, you had FOMO. You were always like missing the party or missing going to the bar with the, you know, the people and doing this and that. And I feel like now you realize you don't need that. I've known that for a while. Like we went in two different directions. You know, I moved to Chicago when I was like 19 and I didn't know anybody. So there wasn't that like allure of, yeah, I went down to the city and partied and drank, you know, DePaul and that whole area and, uh-huh. you know hung out with people we knew and stuff like that. But then there's, it's not the same thing. It's like a once in a while thing. You know, when you, you're, you're living where you grew up and all your friends are there and they're all doing something every weekend or every other night or whatever, it becomes, you know, like I said, you feel a like thing you're, to do, yeah. you feel like you're missing something. So I get that. But, um, but yeah, so that, you know, we've talked about the camping trip too and doing the whole, you know, I consider that kind of like our Lucinian mysteries in a way, um, except we, we've, partaken in you know the mysteries many times not just once well i did want to comment there was this one experience that we had after we i think it was the trip report part two where we were talking about doing the stuff in 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 college and after that experience i i didn't touch uh psilocybin for a long long time and we had some up on the canoe trip and it's actually from the video i just we that i released uh from the manistee or the micro dosing and i can't remember what the title of it is but that little area where the rivers that there's like three streams that all submerge into one and then they go into the river. I think it's like I mean, meditation and microdosing or microdosing yeah. and meditation, something like that. Okay. So that spot is, a, there's a special feeling to that spot. Me and you as, as 16 year olds went there with our guitars, we wrote music, we felt an energy, mm-hmm. we felt the connection there. And I remember me, you, and then our two other cousins, we, we all had a little, had a little, uh, mush and um we just sat there and just hung out and it was a uh, that was that was probably one of the best experiences of my life i i think i fully let, just let my mind kind of shut down and uh i remember it started raining a little bit and we were just watching the rain and the river and that was mm-hmm. that was quite a mystical experience for me i don't really remember any learned lessons i just remember kind of unwinding and See, letting things I, happen i don't think that I look at like, okay, so this is something I figured. I look at most of my experiences. When I do it with other people, I don't get that that lesson or that visionary experience. That's something that for me, I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but that's something that I do on my own. You know, uh-huh. I sit there in darkness and meditate or I sit there and ponder and think or whatever the case may be. When I'm around other people, um, yeah, I can have a good time, you know, like, but at the same time, it's not, you're not 
drawing from the experience like you are you're 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 just kind of there you know it's just like an altered consciousness where again i think that can be therapeutic too but i think that you have to be careful if you're a novice or somebody that's not you know doesn't have a good relationship with some of these things or it's the first time you're doing something that might not be uh the best case you always want to have a good set and setting and at least somebody you trust around you know yeah, you know, what's, what's funny is I forgot to tell you, when we, when I was down in Miami, we went into a, a tea, like an herbal tea shop, shop, and the lady was like a, an astronomer or astrologer, astrologer, and we were talking about our signs and this and that, and then we got into, the girls we were with were from Ecuador, and then she started talking about going to Ecuador and taking ayahuasca and all this stuff. And it was, it was, it was pretty cool because. And that's where you'll uh, be going soon. <laughs> Field reporter. Yeah. No, again, I, uh, well, she was talking about going and getting, finding the real shamans. And then I, you know, I was talking to my friend about how we've talked about this multiple times on our show and we've, I've never taken ayahuasca, but I've always been interested in the, if the, uh, if it ever arose the opportunity to go, I, I might have to jump on that. But I, I guess that Ecuador is a massive zone for it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, lots of, uh, you know, you go down all through lower central America and I mean, they do it anywhere, you know, they, right. there's people that do it here in America, you know, but, um, but yeah, you want to, it, like I said, it depends. I mean, obviously you want to have that traditional experience, but, uh, you got to find the right person and you know the right set and setting and feel comfortable mm-hmm. and you know that whole thing yeah but i just thought it was interesting the intriguing thing to me though is when we had matt palomari on and he was talking about the flower bath how they you know keep keep washing your body with you know these flowers and then pretty soon like when you've excreted all the toxins and you know you've been there for a while you've been fasting you start to smell like the flowers it's pretty cool yeah is that the guy that was talking about that one really bad that uh, where they inject the stuff and it's just horrible? What? I, th- I thought there was. A, I don't know mind. what you're talking about right now. No, the the yeah, yeah. So, uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about fish experiences. Um, you in well, I don't know. There's been a few, but I think we've talked a little bit about the one, the Chicago one with the MDMA scenario. I think we already talked about that on one of the trip, other trip report ones. But we went to see fish at Wrigley Field. I mean, I don't even know how many. Was that four years ago? Five years ago? Um, I mean, it was a while been, ago. Yeah, it was, I think it was 2016. Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Anyways, fish was playing at Wrigley Field, and uh, I ate a little mush. And you, what did you do? Had a little moon shard, little MDMA. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually a really fun show, really sick show. We were like by uh, where uh, first bases. You know, they had like general mission was down on on the actual Wrigley Field. We weren't down there, but we were basically like where the wall where uh first base starts so that was kind of cool yeah they also treat the concert like a regular baseball game where they shut down the streets and you can just walk up and down the streets and all the bars are open they have like outdoor walk-up bars and stuff like that if anyone's familiar with the wrigleyville down there Mm -hmm. yeah and that was uh that was crazy man that was fun there was a lot of stuff going on 
Um, yeah, that was the actual experience. I think I think I ate like 1.5. I didn't eat too much. I don't like. I, I'm not a. I'm you know I'm not going to go to a fish show or a jam band show and, and overdo it. You know I'm not going to eat 3.5, 5.0. You know something I would maybe do on my own. I'm going to do something where I can still you know something pops up. I'm still you know. I have a foot in normal consciousness to deal with stuff, you know. And is that one of your go-to substances? Is the is the mushroom when you when you go to a concert? Because I've never done that before. Um, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, cannabis is my number one. Number one. I mean, I don't think right, anything right. will ever replace that. I mean, I that's cannabis and CBD or, or THC and CBD are probably you know my two favorites of all time. Uh, but well, I don't know if I'm if I'm just naive or just assuming that that everybody would just they figure that was going down. No, I don't. You just you know I could say the same thing about you. You said you don't even really smoke anymore. So right. Uh, but yeah. So um, I'm just trying to think. I yeah one like 1.5 ish, and I remember uh, amazing light show. They play. They did acapella. I think this is right after David Bowie passed too. Maybe didn't they do? Um, oh yeah, ground control to Major yeah. Tom acapella. Uh huh. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a sick show. I mean, what was your experience like? That was a good show. I, it's almost the same thing as the mushrooms that that MDMA. Like, it changes the vibration and the way you hear music, and 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 obviously those are vibrations. So it's like, I don't know, the music just seems to 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 take over a little bit more and the same thing as a good as a good mushy um do you think you, you took like the right dose at the Wrigley one because then a few years later when you came here to the other one I gave you a little bit more and you had a little flip out we both did well when you're oh when you're always going up there's always this intense anxiety that like overcomes you and I already am prone to anxiety but there's a I think that you actually experienced it worse because I was drinking some some beers and the beers almost help you get through that anxiety. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it overcame me. But no, I had a good time uh, at both the events. Um, it's just it's crazy to think back on my life and some of the stuff that I was doing back then. Um, I was talking to you about this a little bit earlier. I'm not very proud of some of those things, but those are experiences in my life and mm-hmm. they taught me things maybe not good things at the time but it it teaches you to evolve into a better person and stuff like that but i look back on you know five years ago or whatever four or five years ago and just can't even fathom the life that i was i was leading at that point but everybody's path leads you to the point that you are at now so you can't like be upset about the road that you've chose you just have to learn from it and a wise person learns from that and learns from their mistakes but yeah i uh it's just a completely different thing now. I've been to concerts fully sober. Maybe I'll grab myself a little Red Bull or something. And uh, it's I, I think it's about the way you approach the show too. When you when I was b- back in the day, it's like I couldn't go to a concert and not and not even fathom having a beer. Like right. I I'm I'm going to drink here. It's or smoke pot here. And when you go to the show and you kind of already are telling yourself that you're gonna maybe you're just gonna have a, a coffee or you're gonna have some water and I don't know the music is more. It's. I don't want to say it's more real. It's just maybe it's just because you remember the night so much more. Like, because I'm thinking back on that Wrigley show, and it's. I I remember sidestepping. I remember boogieing. <laughs> I remember having a great time, but I don't have like specific memories of that all. I remember 
we all got together for a picture, which yeah. that's why I kind of gravitate towards photos is you can look at a picture and there's a picture of us with the whole group and I immediately am transported back to that moment. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you know what I'm talking about. For sure. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a valid point, too, about, like, the whole memory thing. I mean, we've talked about that on the podcast a lot, too, before, how, like, memories are flawed. And um, even psychedelic, I would say psychedelic ones even more. You might have some aspect of your trip that you hold on to, you know, or something that, that happens therapeutically that comes up that's like, oh, I'm going to use this to figure this out or work on this. But um, in terms of, you know when you look at the mind and the way we process things, I think, you know, being on psychedelics is similar to dreaming where you might hang on to like one little aspect of it, but in general, you're not going to remember a lot of it. And that's why I've started writing things down, you know, from my experiences and recording them. And some of them don't make sense afterwards, but I think some of them do. So. Yeah. I actually was been reading Cause I used to, I used to go out and I would drink and I would smoke pot and, I would never remember anything. And I'm, I, I would think back, I'm like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't blacked out last night. I was, I had a couple beers, right. but then I, I just, I, I watched a study on when you drink and smoke pot, the combination of the two really has an effect on your memory. And that's what it was. Cause I would, I, right. you know, I was, I, I smoked a lot of cannabis back then. And when you, when you couple that with, with beer, not only do they work off each other, they intensify each one's effect. Right. So that's that's even that's doubling. But then, specifically, your memory, your short-term memory. Obviously, when you drink a lot, you black out, you forget everything. And obviously, when you smoke a lot of cannabis, your short-term memory goes away. So you you put your hands together. Right. You can only imagine what's going on that night. But yeah, man, I don't know. Sometimes I'm I I feel ashamed of it all because not in the sense that of what I, what did I do that night or whatever. It's just right. how much time did you just waste in your life that you're never even going to remember? Like, yeah, in the moment you're having fun, but I don't remember that fun. So right. what's the point? I, I think our uncle said it great where he was talking about going to, uh, going on the canoe trips. And he's like, I just never understood getting so hammered where you don't remember it. I want to remember my vacations. I want to remember the laughs and the good times. And I thought, damn, that's a very, that's, that's a pretty eye opening, uh, right. Idea right there. Yeah. I mean, it really, uh, honestly, uh, I think when you have those kinds of experiences too, um, I mean, we've mentioned this before, you know, you have your, your, your trips where you learn something from and there's like a reverence. And then you've also got, you know, this other aspect of things where, like I said, it might be fun to like go to a concert, just blow off some steam. You know, I don't really Mm -hmm. do that anymore. Um, but in my older years, like I said, I'd rather get something out of it, like meditating or, um, having some sort of visionary experience as opposed to, you know, being around other people and just being in like, you know, at a concert or something like that, which is fun too. But like I said, I think I'm kind of over that aspect of it. Yeah. I think I'm, uh, I've, I see, I don't want to say I've grown up because I don't know what people are doing in their lives with it. Obviously these substances have therapeutic, uh, uses and this is just my personal view because I was, I was going out and I was, I wasn't like trying to learn from it. I was partying on these things and right. I, uh, I learned a good, a, a great lesson from that and I, I'll, I'm not doing that anymore. 
<laughs> you know, yeah, I, I mean, look, you know, as you said it before too, you've never really been like take a large dose or you know do it close to each other, you know, in terms of uh, time period, you know, like you would you you did it like once, um, at that fish show, and then you didn't do it for how many years? I mean, probably a year or two yeah. in between. I mean, I think you have a different outlook on it though now too, though, right? Like you don't think about it in the same context that you used to used to be kind of i don't want to say scared of it but when i'd talk with you about it be like you know i'd be kind of fearless about it and seem like you'd be really hesitant yeah i i'm not a big proponent on the uh the heavy psychoactive things but i obviously smoked cannabis for a long long time but you know to be honest for me when i gave that up a lot of things became more clear and a lot of things and anxieties kind of washed away. That's just me in particular. I know some people that it alleviates their anxieties, and then I know other people that it intensifies their anxieties. I was talking to a local grower, and he was he was saying how funny it is that when you get to a certain age, some people really, really like it and need it, and it helps with their anxiety. Then other people start doing it at a certain age, and then all of a sudden it's just, where does this come from? And they, they hate it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And you know what the, and the, and the other thing is, is it's so strong now for me to get back into it. I would have to scare myself a few t- seriously. Like I would the have old to scary high. <laughs> that's what would happen because it's like, you're not going to find some, some, some dirt stuff. That's like 4%. Why would you 6%. want that anyways? Well, that's well, cause cause you don't want to take one scared. hit off of the, you know, 23 or 25% or, you know, why don't take one hit off that as opposed to, you know, Maybe no, no, nobody but, wants any middies or, you know, right. And the only thing I can see myself ever partaking, there's a particular strand called a uh, ACDC. It's actually like heavy CBD. Is it? And, uh, it's heavy CBD and it's only like 2% THC. So you could puff on it and you know, it wouldn't, you wouldn't really fully get, you wouldn't have a THC high. It's more of just like a, you get the CBD, the anti-anxiety, the, the the real chill feeling, but then there is a little bit to it. So there's a little bit of that happiness punch that goes along with it. So I don't know. I've been thinking about doing that. I also was talking to another friend who was telling me about these, these CBD-enriched oils that have done wonders for him. But, you know, as of now, I'm I'm doing well, so I, I don't want to It's like that episode of uh, It's Always Sunny where they're, uh, they're doing like the... the special pub crawl thing and they go to the uh korean bar and they're like they're enriching the beer aren't they <laughs> yeah they wild. don't even know about micro brews right, right um but yeah i mean look i think that uh even cannabis though i've had times where i'll take a dab or take a hit off you know maybe put a little oil at the tip of a, a bowl or something like that or whatever the case may be and you get like really really you know, blown out and like, you have to even have the reverence for that because I, you know, you, you start to think almost like how you do when you're coming down off mushrooms or psychedelics where you have that like, Oh man, I got to get my, my stuff together here. You know, you get that kind of a feeling, you know, where you start becoming super self-reflective. Yeah. But at the same time, like that's one lesson that I did learn is don't dabble with this thing unless you're going into it with some kind of uh end game. Mm-hmm. You start going into it and trying to party on it. And it's going to toss you right back out. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Um, and then when you're younger too, I don't think, I think it's, you get away with it cause you don't know any better. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Like you don't know, um, you don't, you're not even thinking in terms of like the bigger picture of like life and like what anything means. You're just kind of like in it, you know? And I'd say actually there's a lot of people that go through life that don't even think about purpose or, you know, teleology or metaphysics or anything like that. They just live, oh, this is life. I'm going to live it. And they don't even think twice about it. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, I know where you stand on it, but I think when you're younger, I don't think that you're really thinking about those things. You know, you think you have all the time in the world and you're just experiencing things. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really, uh, I don't know. You're not putting, putting the cart before the horse, really. You're just trying to flow and right. do well, your thing. But I mean, and hopefully people listen to these episodes, you know, like the one sacred mushroom rituals with, uh, Tom Lane, you know, and you know, all these psychedelic, you know, science episodes that we've done and all the, um, you know, even like the ancient stuff, when you look at like the Eleusinian mysteries and Soma and all that stuff, you know, these people had a proper reverence for these substances. And I don't think that when you look at like the bigger picture of this, I don't think that, again, that, that comes to mind when you're in it. But now when you're older, you know, we have those experiences, we have this knowledge. So let's put it out there. Maybe there are young people that'll listen to this or, have heard past episodes and start to think differently about it, you know? Cause I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of, you know, turds out there that just want to, you know, talk shit that don't even know what they're like. What have you ever even done a psychedelic? Some of these people, they're on psychedelic forums and they say all sorts of, you know, they're just online to talk shit, you know, like, dude, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Have you even had a real experience? I don't think some of these people, I don't even know if they're faking or what, but just their attitudes towards it. It's like, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's not the way that we approach things. We come from a, a place of open mindedness, you know? Right. I don't know. If, if I feel like that's just, some people are like that and some people aren't, I'm not going to sink to their level. Yeah. I mean, it's not even about that. I'm just saying, like, I just, like I said, I, you know, we've talked a, a lot about that on the show. You know, you go on to all these different forms, whether it be like Facebook or whatever, and there's good ones. You know, there's people moderating that, you know, get, you know, kick the trash out, whatever. But there's a lot of them where it's like, wow, like what, what's, what's going on here? You know, it's just, uh, you know, some people want to embrace the, uh, the trickster, but not they're not even really embracing the true trickster. They're just embracing this like troll aspect of the trickster, you know? Yeah. So, um, what are your thoughts on this? We got a comment here about ayahuasca, ayahuasca. I mean, I, uh, I'm definitely intrigued by the whole matter, but what are your, what are your thoughts on it? Are you planning on uh, attempting to do something like that or I mean, is that just not it's not imminent i mean with everything going on in the world right now it's not like i'm ready to hop on a plane and head to <laughs> south america right at this moment but i mean if it comes up in the future I'm, I, like i said i've always said this on the show if it comes across my path or there's an opportunity to do it or whatever the case may be i'm down i'm just not going to go out of my way you know my it, at this age i've tried enough things you know i've done salvia i've done you know psilocybin lsd mdma you know i've done all the you know big ones you can think of mescaline you know i've done all those so i know i've even done weird ones that people haven't done i've done like pure dxm you know which is a weird weird trip i've talked about that on one of our past trip report episodes which is 
the active compound and you know when people robo trip or whatever they call it um you, so you talk about taking uh, psilocybin macro doses uh, once or, I don't know, multiple times a year to help you with some of your uh, mental things. Do you think that maybe going and doing one ayahuasca, that it might actually cure that for, for, for good? No, I don't. See, that's where when you see these things, like when they say it cures this, or, no, it doesn't. It doesn't cure. So, like, specifically, it depends on what it is. I don't want to speak for other people that have other different mental things, but like specifically for like OCD, I think that you'll never be cured. And I think I've come, once you accept that and you, you realize, Oh, I need to come up with a new way to deal with this or a new way, a new path of thinking. Um, that's when you can start to kind of get out of it because you're in this like permanent mind loop. You're never going to go back to what it was. So like my philosophy has always been, I'm just going to keep moving forward and keep carving, you know, this new path in my mind. And, um, even with psychedelics there, it's what psychedelics do for me is they help me reset. And then it allows me to do CBT or, you know, read books on the subject and like, you know, take it in or do meditation and have that sink in, you know, you want to, um, even science has proven that psychedelics, uh, um, provide some sort of, you know, reset in a way and there's evidence i think that that it's you know what it's doing is causing some sort of neuroplasticity in the brain which means your brain becomes more malleable um mm-hmm. and we've seen the graph the psilocybin graph with the brain that's not on psilocybin and then the graph of the brain with psilocybin and there's way more neural connections going on with the psilocybin so something's going on there and um, so to answer your question, it was kind of a roundabout thing, but yeah, I don't, <laughs> I would do it and I think it would help, but I don't think it's a cure all thing. I think it's just another tool, you know, for the toolbox. Yeah. But yeah, again, we've had multiple people asking us, especially these, these cats over in England, come mm-hmm. on, they come on over and, uh, and dabble with some of the, some of the, the DMT stuff. And, uh, again, we've kind of left it up to the to the universe providing that way if it falls into our lap or if, if the, the the opportunity presents itself then we may uh we may partake but i don't know the, the ayahuasca thing is uh it kind of scares me to be honest well yeah that's a see i think people i think you should be scared to take like and even if you're experienced there's always going to be that like like unnerving feeling beforehand like i've never taken like three or four or five grams of psilocybin and, and didn't feel that like what did i just do feeling you know like what am i what's going on yeah, you there's know, like, no way out now yeah i mean there is you could probably you know barf but yeah that might make even then good. i've done i've eaten an eighth before and then barfed like really shortly after and still trip for like a few hours so i don't even think that that in itself you know you know we always used to joke around though drink a few beers and that'll that'll bring you back down though um, but I don't know why, I don't even know if that's a, I don't know if you've experienced that, but on alcohol, you know, when you're on psilocybin and you drink alcohol, it like diminishes the effects. Well, everything on alcohol is just, it's slowing your re- reaction to anything in your body. So that's why people love that because if you have any, any kind of mental issue, this will guy, I can piggyback on what you were talking about, the way that you dealt, you deal with your, uh, with your mental stuff, you don't find a cure for it. And that's part of my realization is I like, I have anxiety. There's not a cure for it, but there is a way to approach it. And there is a way to, 
you know, think about things in a different way and it's never going to go away, but the way that you approach it and the way that you deal with it can change. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not making such an impact on your life. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And the, and what the problem is the alcohol for a lot of people, like I have, I, I, I know a couple of people, I have a couple of friends that they, they turn to alcohol and then it just buries everything underneath. And Mm -hmm. then you got to keep going to it, keep going to it. And what the real shame is, is, that stuff is so readily available for you. Like you don't even need a prescription for the alcohol. You can go right up to the corner store and buy yourself a six pack and drink Mm -hmm. yourself. And again, you might not be getting hammered every night. I know a lot of people that go to work every day, but they're still boozing. They're still drinking. And I've always, and these are talented people. These are some of the, the best artists that I know. I don't know what they could create without the booze. But again, I, I, all I can project is the way that I function and when I started creating the highest level of my art is when all of the substances kind of left me, especially mm-hmm. the booze. The booze was the number one thing because, number one, you, you wake up in the morning, you feel refreshed, you feel good, and then you can create in the good mindset. I know a lot of people are like, well, you got to be a, a tortured artist. You got to be a Van Gogh. You got to be depressed to create depressing things. I, that's that, that's kind of horseshit. You can right. be the, you can create depressing songs. I love a good sad song. Oh, well, this you guy can... loves sad songs. <laughs> I sent you a bunch the other night. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. want to know what the common thread of all those songs I sent you was? What? They're all part of the soundtrack to Wild Wild Country, which oh. I think is probably the best documentary soundtrack that I've ever seen. I love the one where the guy is uh he like dies yeah. and then he's dancing around. That was my favorite yeah. song and the video was amazing too. Yeah, what is I that? Love that I've one. I've been to the mountain. Is that what that one? I think that's I don't know. Um, but yeah, anybody that you know, if you haven't seen Wild Wild Country, the documentary, you need to check that out because it's phenomenal. I think it's one of the better made documentaries that I've ever seen. But the actual uh, soundtrack itself is super nice. So I want to give a couple shout outs to people watching. Shout out to Home Mycology. We love you, of course. Uh, shout out to the Alchemical Mind. Shout out to D Nice and shout out to Big Cat. Thank you for watching live. Um, but yeah, so I mean, look, we've talked about this a thousand, hundred billion times. You know, you want to have the reverence. You want to be kind of where we're at maturity wise with these substances, with the outlook on them, with you know the powerful nature of them. But at the same time, you have a past. We have a past. You know, we've done a lot of stupid things that we regret. I don't even know if I regret them because I learned something from them in one way or another. Because you can even, even if you didn't gain something from it in that moment or like at the time, like we've talked about like, oh, we didn't have reverence or whatever. You can still look back and realize that and like, oh yeah, that was an interesting experience. However, um, you know, what did I, what did I gain from it that's helping me in my life to this day? You know? Well, you brought up a beautiful point when you're sitting and stewing in the regret, you're bringing your vibration lower. So exactly what you just said is the, is a best approach for it. It's like, you could sit there and regret this and regret that, but inherently you becoming regretful is, is it's not servicing you in any which way. So you're, you're the, the, the regret, the sorrow, all that kind of stuff is a lower vibrational state. When you look at that stuff and accept that stuff and realize that it made you who you are today, the whole thing is about learning the lesson. Mm. And but that's the problem that all these humans, they don't do. It's like, 
I remember one of my good friends, man, every time he go, I'm going to the bar, I'm going to have two beers. I go, you're not going to have two beers. <laughs> you, you said it a thousand times, and a thousand times you come home at 2 a.m. when the bar closes. How do you not realize when you go, first of all, when you're sitting here now sober, your mind is, the chemicals in your mind are working in one, one way. When you mm. go to the bar and you have over that third beer, now you've changed the chemicals in your mind and whatever you thought before is not going to happen now. Right. Does you have to you don't have to be a genius to see that happening. Like I I recognize that very very soon. I'm not saying that I I, I stopped doing it, but I knew what was going to happen. It's like, oh, well, I better put away these days because I know if I go out, I'm going to drink. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to wait till a Friday or a Saturday because then I have the opportunity to to sleep in in the morning or whatever, but mm-hmm. I saw these kids doing it over and over and over again. It's like Dude, when you make a mistake, you learn from it. I don't know if that's a sign of high intelligence. I don't really know what that is, but thank thank God that I have that implementation in my. I think it runs in our family, so you know, I I, I assume that it's you. It's weird though. I have, mean, I have alcoholism on both sides, and I don't like. I don't just don't like drinking. You know, even like wine. Like people love wine, and like you know, I'm a connoisseur of you know, I like cannabis. I can tell you the difference of the tastes and the terpenes and the style and the feel. You know, I can do all that. But like wine, I don't get it. It tastes, it like leaves a tart taste on my tongue and I don't like it. I just. You don't like that grape drink? But I'm, I, I mean, I, I, I've, you know, considered, uh, yeah, like, I mean, look, I love grapes too. I love um, all that stuff. But I just, for some reason, I don't, I don't like uh, wine. I don't know what it is. It's that, uh, like I said, it's that like tartness maybe, but even. I'll use it for cooking, and now that I I, I cook with it, so I I do like mm-hmm. it in that sense because I do, it, it, some of the notes. But when it comes to actually like drinking it, I just don't like it. And like liquor, I don't like liquor. You've seen me barf my brains out many times when we were younger on drink, drinking some liquor. Well, we, yeah. we used to you know well back in the day that was some bad news with the Captain Morgans. You know we're talking like high school, college Captain Morgans, five o'clock vodka. You know, mm-hmm. the worst of the worst, basically. Well, I think that was one of the first lessons. That's the, a lot of people that I talk to, they go, I can't drink tequila because that's like the only stimulant alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it just, the, the combination. I love tequila, the, though, actually, now that you're saying that. I like that. That feeling? But I, you know, I used to like, you know, the uppers back yeah. in the day, oh, too. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Was, I went through that phase, too. Lots of, but I know a lot lots of, people, of snow. <laughs> I know a lot of people that uh that o- that are always like, "Oh, I can't drink tequila in particular." And I I gave up whiskey a long long time ago. That that that, that whiskey and the and these Irish people that doesn't mix. I dude, the only times I've ever remembered like getting drunk off whiskey, I woke up the next day and I felt like I had cat scratch fever, like some, <laughs> like some lynx or something just took its claw and went right down the back of my throat. I don't know what it is about Whiskey, I just cannot drink it. It's just, it's brutal. What's what's going on with these waves here? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know what's I'm going on. I'm just saying hi to a couple of fans that were uh, that were texting me. Okay. Um. So, in terms of, you know, we can get off alcohol, but I, I do think it's important to talk about because it is technically a drug. I mean, it alters your mind. You know, it might not be. Um. I don't know. I, I get it. I get why people like it. I do. You know, it's a social lubricant. You know, you can go out and, and you know, have the balls to say stuff or have confidence that you n- normally wouldn't, things like that. But at the end of the day, I mean, do you even want 
whatever kind of relationship or what is going to come out of you not being yourself, you know? So that's the thing. Like I always, that was the, one of the bigger turning points in my life. And I looked at it, I go, what, and what, what is, what good has came from drinking? Like, what is, have you created anything on it? If you, you know, have you wrote a song on it? Have you taken a sweet picture? And there's nothing positive in my life mm. in particular that has ever came from partaking in booze mm-hmm. and when that's now, i'm not case, gonna lie like, i've, I've laughed you at you many times though so i've gained something <laughs> from this whole experience he got himself some chuckles in. i've seen you crawling on the ground you know with the microwave on your chest like a beetle you know i've seen mm-hmm. you know you you humping the corner of a you know a camping you know tent thing you know like you just scored a goal in fifa or something you know i've seen a lot of funny things but I will admit when I see you at the end of the night, you're doing this thing. You're like, oh, and you're like, you're playing with your hair and you just look beat up. You know, it looks like you just literally got beat up. So that's not fun. Well, it's not a sustainable fun, if anything. Yeah. And it's not a sustainable feeling. I like this little comment. When you, uh, when you drink, you're borrowing tomorrow's happiness. Yeah, you are. And you, boy, were you not happy the next day, a lot of those days. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and that's part of it, you know, maybe that's why you you have such a bad connection with wine or something. Maybe you just, it, you had a bad couple of nights on it and then, uh, it just, now it's, it, it's in your psyche that it, as soon as you taste it, then it just re- it triggers the thought of the, the bad feelings. Yeah. I, again, I it just, it's not something, I don't know. I've always wanted whatever I, if I do something, well, even if it's cannabis, whatever it is, I've always wanted it to like help me do, you know, or help me in some way or help me gain some sort of insight. Um, and even when we were younger and didn't really, you know, have the knowledge or anything, I still, um, there was, there was instances and times where I'm like, this is insane. You know, it made me think about the bigger picture. You know, it made me think about like, what are, what are we, what are we doing here? You know, like what is our purpose? What is, what is this? You know, why are we here? You know, that kind of a thing. So even if that shakes you up a little bit, just with that alone, I think that that's obviously something positive gained. Yeah. You know, I'm actually glad that I got it out of my system because now I can look at my life and I have, you know, I have no regrets in the, it's like you, you went it, you lived it, you did it. We were in bands and stuff like that. Again, when you're playing music and you're doing the, 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 the bar scene and you're at bars every night, it's like you're surrounding yourself. It's the, it's the party atmosphere. So it's it's inevitable unless unless you're just I don't know but most people will partake in it and you're up late and that's just the way that it is. So when I was in my mid twenties, you know that that was the lifestyle and living at the the Opal House where we we all lived together and some things went some we had some good times there, but but we used it as a learning experience. We used it as a launch pad, right? And uh, that propelled us into the people that we are today. And again, you can't have regrets. Thank God none of us did got DUIs or anything of that caliber. That's a very lucky thing. And unfortunately, that's the kind of stuff that actually makes people change is when right. they, they, you know, they hit the, they, they call it a rock bottom or, you know, you get arrested or something like that. And then you, you really have to look at yourself under the microscope and change. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're kind of, kind of, uh, lucky in the sense that we didn't have anything to that degree. So count your blessings, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's true, and like we both, you know, like I said, we both or I have alcoholism on both sides. So for me to not like it is a good thing. I think it's whatever. I didn't get whatever, you know, 
I mean, I've got other things. Trust me. I think but. a lot of people have alcohol. Like I was talking to my mom about that the other day, but I don't. I haven't met a person where because I always am like, well, I'm Irish and we have alcoholism in our family, and that everyone I talk to, they're like, well, we have alcoholism in our family. I think it's just because of the the nature of the beast. The alcohol is just so readily available. It's 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 given the green light in our society where mm. people have poo-pooed cannabis for so long, which is just, it baffles my mind where you can say, let's go out, let's drive to a bar to get boozed up. Where do you think we're going to go? You have to drive home, but you can't, right. you can't smoke cannabis in your own home, for God's sake. It's, it's insane. Right. Uh, so actually, Big Cat just uh, made a comment about how Carl Jung had a hand in building the 12 step program, which is kind of, or, uh, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever. Oh, wow. That's pretty interesting. And actually there is a component to it though, that I know, look, I think you got to do whatever helps you. Obviously we've had our buddy Matt on, you know, some people just can't do anything. Like once you, you know, you're at that point, you know, like, I don't, you know, you know, his was like pills and drinking and stuff. And I tried to get him onto the whole, you know, he always smoked weed, but like the idea of like psychedelics and it just doesn't work for some people. Some people just need that strict, stern, do nothing kind of a thing. So I think it just depends on what it is uh, and the person and, you know, the substance and whatever. But at the same time, I do think um, you want as many tools as possible. Um, so I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I mean, we both know a lot of people with issues, right? So... I mean, you know that there's people that can't take one hit of pot or else they'll be, you know, blowing lines that night or what, you know, whatever the case may be. So, um, I, yeah, you know, that, that you brought up a good, that, that episode with Matt, I don't know what the number is, but that was actually the first podcast that it kind of changed my outlook of what we're doing because of the, all the information that he brought to the table. I was like, man, we can really help people with what we're doing here. You know, uh, again, me and you, I'm not, I don't have a doctorate or anything, but you we don't. Can bring... Oh, no, we gotta uh, get you off the show. That's besides why... besides an anxiety, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, like when we had him on and he was talking about his struggles and this and that, like I was like, man, this could really open up some people's eyes and help some people. So right. hopefully, people get that out of some of these uh, episodes and they yeah. can implement some of these things in their lives. And again, as many options as possible. You know, we can get. You know, there's. Now there's the psychedelic option. You know, the people, Ibogaine has been beneficial, you know, for people. There actually is just a recent study where um, one of the alkaloids in, in uh, Ibogaine that's not psychoactive um, might be the thing that gives the positive effect from not wanting to use substances. So that, that, that'll be interesting to watch. I think, yeah, Dr. Andrew Gallimore posted that on Twitter and we were going back and forth uh about that shout out to dr andrew gallimore go check out that episode uh we did with him a while back alien information theory if you haven't already um we'll try and get him back on the show too that was fun um i love him he's awesome i'm trying to think uh oh so back to uh what we were talking about as many options as possible so if you're an alcoholic um you know yeah, there might be a psychedelic option for you. If not, you know, there's the program, you know, if not, there's all sorts of different meditation, you know, there's, there's lots of different, you just want as many options as possible. And I think that that probably goes for everything. You know, with my OCD, I want as many options as possible. If they came out with a drug and said, this is a miracle drug and it'll cure you, I would try it, you know, Mm -hmm. but if it didn't do that, uh, which I don't think anything will, 
um, then, you know, I want options, which is kind of where I'm at now. So, you know, psilocybin here and there, THC, CBD, um, and just meditation, mindfulness, um, that well, kind there's of no thing. be all cure. You got to put the work in. Yeah, you do have to put line. the work in. If, here's the thing is it's a bunch of bad mental habits. You know, it could be a chemical thing. I think it's more like for OCD specifically. I think it, like I've mentioned many times, it's like a thought loop thing that's happening that just gets embedded and this like thought loop becomes deeper and deeper and it becomes harder and harder. And, and if you just let it keep burrowing itself in there, almost like a mind virus, um, then you're going to have a lot of work to do. And that's kind of where I'm at now because for years I, you know, even though I went to get help and tried all sorts of different medications and therapies and stuff, um, those didn't work, you know, and then you're still in the same boat. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, the road to the top is never easy and you're going to be going through some ups and downs and dark moments, but Mm -hmm. just remember that, uh, all things must pass. And that's a, it's a great, great album, great song by George Harrison. But that, that, that concept is all things will pass can help you out of a jam. Because for me, the anxiety really takes hold. It, it'll tell you that things are going to be like this forever mm-hmm. and it's never going to go away. And this is how it is in the, in the, the reality is that's a bunch of horse poo poo. This kid swears. And then he says horse poo poo. <laughs> I, I, I watch my language. Um, I want to get a couple of swear words per episode, bro. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I think it's just don't do it in the beginning is usually the rule of thumb. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, um, I think that when you look at what we're talking about, I think that there's a lot to be said for everything that's going on with the psychedelic stuff. But at the same time, again, you have to do the real work. You have to, it's not just, there's no silver bullet or magic pill. It's just, if anything, the psychedelics like open you up to the new possibilities and the new you know resets your mind or puts you in a a place where you can fathom how to get yourself out of that situation so yeah you can jump the rails you know when you're going down one one uh highway there and you think that you can't get off of it sometimes that'll give you a nice boost right to get into a new path and that 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 thing you said i mean you know i see home mycology you know talking about right now about the you know everything's temporary it is temporary And, and that's the hardest thing about anxiety is um what do they say you know, depressions, you thinking about things in the past and anxieties, things you weren't, you're worrying about in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you look at like, uh, what's it called? Uh, Eckhart Tolle, the power of now, you know, it sounds, sounds kind of cheesy. Read that book. You know, it's a lot of it's like Buddhist, uh, you know, it's basically like a lot of like Buddhist teachings and stuff like that, but it works. And you know, if you don't let your mind control you, you won't, ultimately you want to be in control of your mind. You don't want your mind to control you. And I, you know, that's the toughest thing for me because my mind does control me a lot of the time. So. Well, and that's another good point too, is that that's a big realization that I've had is the thoughts that you have aren't you thoughts that you have are just coming in through you. So I like to observe my thoughts more as like cars driving by and when you look at things like that, then you're not putting so much like emphasis on, Oh my gosh, why did I think that? Or what's wrong with me? I'm thinking these thoughts. It's like, you're not really thinking these thoughts that are coming through you in a way. And Mm -hmm. you know, who knows the human mind has some crazy amount of thoughts each day, like, um, like a million or I don't even know what the number is, but in reality, only like 2% of these thoughts are valid. So it's like, don't get so, so hurt. Don't get so on yourself. Don't, don't beat yourself up about something that might pop into your mind. It's like everybody has 
but the bottom line is everybody's a little bit wacky. And that was another big thing that my, I, I talked to my uh, therapist about. It's like, everybody's a little wacky. Everybody has problems and living in today's society where you look at everybody's on Facebook and Instagram right. and everybody's sexy and they're having the time <laughs> of their lives. It's like, that's not the way real reality is. So I was literally just talking about this with my wife in the sense that I don't know anybody that doesn't have any mental issue. Like the whole mental health thing, everybody's got mental problems. Right. Everybody. I don't know anybody that doesn't have some form of mental issue, whether it's like an anxiety disorder or depression or whatever addiction, whatever it is. I know almost every single person, people I know, um, you know, has this. So, I mean, what, what is this? If we all have it now is, can, is it even really, you know, it's, that's why, you know, I think about it a lot. Like, Look at where humanity is right now. We're in a weird place. We're kind of like, you know, we used to be the caterpillar and now we're in the cocoon. And I think that mm-hmm. we don't know what the butterfly is. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like we don't know where this thing's going right now. We're in a weird place where we used to, you know, the amygdala and the flight or fl- you know, the fight or flight response, you know, that was all in play because we had to use it. You know, we had to survive and now we have too much time and space to think you know and especially right now with everything going on in the world a lot of people are at home with a lot of time to think and that's not good when you have that much time to think and you don't have like a healthy um, outlet for your stuff you know maybe people aren't working all day if you work all day that probably keeps your mind busy that's probably a good thing if you're not working that's a tough thing you know that's a tough thing to 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 deal with well, there's also this stigma that's like wrapped around mental health. It's like if you went out and broke your arm, would you come home and not tell anybody about it? Would you hide in your room and my arm's going to heal sooner or later? <laughs> I, I'm not telling anybody about this arm. You would go and get help. But for some right. reason, when we have mental, when your mind's broken, no one wants to go get help. Everybody's all afraid. It's like we got to get out of that way of thinking right. and embracing the problem and then going out and not feeling ashamed with it. Like I used to feel so ashamed about talking about having anxiety and this and that. And it's like, once you get it out in the open, first of all, talking about it is a massive help because then you can connect with other people and you, you realize that you're not so alone. A lot of the anxiety is I'm alone with this and no one else can, can, can relate to this. And Again, I'm alone, and I'm going to be alone forever, and then the thing just starts snowballing. But when you get it out in the open, you start talking about it, you realize everybody has these these, these different crazy ideas or whatever right. the hell it may be. Then you feel so not you feel not so isolated. That's a, that boosts you right there. But again, talking about things and getting them out in the open and realizing that you're not just some crazy person. Everybody kind of ha- is in the same boat. I mean, other people's manifest bigger than others. Right. Which, who knows? You know, there's a lot of times where I'm like, why why can't I just be normal? And then I have to remind myself, it's like, dude, if you were normal, you wouldn't be the artist that you are. You wouldn't be writing music. You wouldn't be able to make people laugh like you do. You have to embrace the good and the bad. And again, that's kind of what all life boils down to is accepting the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, it's how you deal with, you know, there's ups and downs, like you just said, but then it's how do you deal with the down? You know, like, how do you, you know, when things are tough, you know, if you can learn how, like a mechanism or some way to deal with that, then I think that you're, you'll be in good shape, at least have the perspective to deal with it. So, yeah, when those dark, when those dark times come, when you go into the, 
when you get down on yourself, if you can develop tools to help you get out of it, that's ex- that's kind of what you were saying. It's like you're never going to be cured from these issues. Right. And I'm never going to be cured from sp- specifically anxiety, but when that when when the anxiety seems to start taking over, you develop these different tools where you can implement them. Oh, this you put your mind in this. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, I can go to this and this and this and then the problems don't seem as bad anymore. Right. Again, we've all got issues, you know. Even people that say they don't have issues, they have issues. And They might have the ish- more issues than anyone. And that's you know, other than like the very small percentage that have some sort of like psychotic break, you know, from psychedelics or cannabis or whatever, very small percentage. But other than that, bad trips are usually because people don't know how to deal with their own problems or they've been harboring some sort of, you know, negative stuff or they've had some real bad stuff happen in their life and they haven't processed it or whatever. Psychedelics are going to act like a mirror and they're going to show you the things that you've been repressing for a while. So, um, I think that that's what you generally, when people are like, Oh man, that was brutal. You know, that was a bad trip or that was brutal. Or even you hear these stories about like from like the sixties and people like flipping out and hiding on the tables. Number one, I think dosage back then wasn't really, you know, people didn't even know how much they were taking and the people probably took way too much in my opinion, based on, you know, we read electrocuid acid tests and all those, uh, counterculture books and stuff, everything pointed to people, you know, whether it was, you know, the, the electrocuid acid test, people were just drinking Kool-Aid, you know, how many doses were put in, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? So yeah, people were just taking tons of psychedelics without even really understanding the dosage and the setting and all that kind of stuff. So I think that, uh, while you can look at those things and be like, oh, the, these were experiments and they were like social experiments in a way. Um, you know, now we know, you know, now we have an idea. So I think that, uh, to have a bad trip now would, you know, if you've taken the proper dosage and whatever, it's probably because you're dealing with a lot of your inner demons that you haven't really faced. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but what do you think about, I mean, have you ever had like a negative experience? I mean, the no. ones that I've had, the ones experiences that I've either seen you on or been with you when you've had experiences, I've never seen you have anything like that, but I was no, just curious. No, but, but because it's always been like light to medium, it's never been the, the, the heroic things that people, that right. they say, just because I know myself and I already know that I'm, I get scared easily, if you will. Hmm. Yeah, I, um, well... That's why I'm afraid of the ayahuasca. I don't know what the heck's going to happen on that. Um, again, you, sh- you should you should be scared. scared. You should be scared. You should yeah. be. That's that's part reverence, part being smart because it's uncharted territory. You know, like you know, humans are scared of what that you know whether we want to admit it or not. We're scared of like the unknown, or that's why everybody's scared of death. Nobody knows what happens when you die. Right. You know. Most modern scientists or materialists would say, yeah, you die, that's it. This is all there is. But what does this even mean? Why are we even here to begin with? Oh, because of natural processes, you know, in the universe? I don't buy that, you know? Yeah, and I don't like it process. either. I, I see what you're doing, and I don't <laughs> like it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we live in a weird world, and life is weird. And uh, But it's also a very exciting time, again, you know, putting all the the social media crap aside it is the fact that we can transfer information and and, and do all that kind of stuff it is a 
very interesting time to be alive. And I think, you know, especially with the cosmos and stuff with with the aliens and all that, not even necessarily E.T. in the form of aliens. I actually uh, watched that Joe Rogan with, uh, what's the guy's name? Jacques uh, Filet and yeah. uh, James Fox. Yeah, that was an amazing interview. And I'm on the, I'm on the same page as them. I think a lot of the stuff is... Uh, it's particular to the person. I think that's kind of where these, this, the more information is leading and maybe time does kind of stop. And, uh, I don't know. That's not, that's not neither here nor there, but <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a solid episode that, that Rogan episode with Jacques Filet. And I think that some people didn't like it cause, um, they felt like he was kind of evasive, but it's like, if you have like a clearance, you know, like what, what are you allowed to say? What are you not allowed to say? And then, you know, what's relevant, you know, but at the same time, um, I thought he added a little, you know, some nice, uh, nuggets in there too. So, I mean, I, I guess it just depends on who you are and what you know about the subject, but, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Maybe we can do a little summary of that if we have time yeah. sometime, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that there's a lot of information on that. That was oh, a long so, boy. So back to my rant about like, yeah, we don't, the unknown, like, yeah, we don't know you anybody that says they know what happens when you die you're full of shit you don't know what happens you don't because you don't know what consciousness is Mm -hmm. so if you want to reduce it to just you know natural processes in the brain or whatever you know i that's fine that's your belief and i actually i'm if that's a you know that's an option that should be an option even if you don't believe that this is it or you believe in a higher being or a creator or you believe that the universe is conscious or whatever you know metaphysical or metaphysics you know you subscribe to um you still i think if you're being honest with yourself you still have to keep it on the table that this could be it and if that's the case you should you should live somewhat like that that's the case but and maybe that's the point right so i mean it's tough you know for me that's with the ocd stuff that's super tough is to try and you know that's why i like doing this podcast because it helps me you know think and talk about these things that I think about it in my head uh, that I try and justify or work out and reason, but you know, sometimes, you know, stuff gets weird. Yeah. It's a, it's a thrill and a scare all wrapped into one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down for a little reincarnation. I'm down for, you know, survival of consciousness. Um, oh, absolutely. And you might as well, in my vision, it's like you might as well believe for the best because then if, if it happens, then you're good to go. If it, if it doesn't, then it, it wasn't going to anyway. So you might as well mm-hmm. kind of hedge your own bet. That's the, that, that's my think, That's my thought process. But Yeah. And, may, you know, maybe there's something like maybe that's part of it too. Maybe if there is another level or, you know, something beyond this, uh, maybe if you live your life in that way, that there's some secret that comes out of it other than like the obvious one of like live at life every day. Like it's your last, you know, like that whole beyond that. If there's, there's, (laughs) if there's some, if there's some insight beyond that, you know, maybe that that's the point of that. Uh But again, it's tough and you know, life's not easy right now. So. Nope. But we got to keep our heads up folks. Yeah. Keep on trucking as they say. Yeah. And, um, I'm just going to read some more. Uh, let me pull it up here. I've got some notes for some from some recent trips. Um, 
I don't know if I talked about this one. I ate 1.3 at 155 at night. Um, that was kind of weird. I just decided it was late. I go, I'm going to do it. Does that keep you up all night or? You mm, yeah. I mean, till four or five, I usually go to bed at like two or three. So it's, it wasn't that big of a stretch. So, uh-huh. um, this one is, that's the one I was talking about a little bit before where I felt I was being told you were living in your imagination when you trip, like you are in this realm of imagination. So wherever creativity and imagination comes from, that's, that's where you are when you're tripping. That's the state of mind. That's the altered state. Yeah. So, I mean, um, what else? <laughs> I asked a question to myself in the, in what I wrote, I said, is the planet growing? You know, like for some reason I just had this, this thought that like maybe the planet's growing and maybe that, you know, um, you know, those hot spots when we were talking about like super volcanoes, like maybe, uh, they're built into like relieve pressure from like excess materials and stuff. I got really weird on that one. I don't know. I was thinking science style. What was the stuff. answer? There is no answer. Those are just <laughs> random thoughts that came to me while I was, uh, you know, on psilocybin. Um, a different one. Let's see here. This one, I think I talked about where I was, um, I was just consciousness. I didn't have like a body or anything. And I was like overlooking a valley or a desert with a pyramid uh, and the sky was dark like clouds and numbers were shooting out of the top of the pyramid. Numbers and energy and everything was flowing like straight up into the cloud, creating the cloud. Um, and then I had a thought, get your shit together. And then you're in commune with free-flowing energy and God intelligence. So that was an interesting one. I think I ate three grams that time. Damn. Well, no, that one, that was three gram tea that time. Excuse me. Um, a more recent one, uh, was more about like loving, love people more, love people harder. Uh, you know, it was more about like love and relationships and that kind of stuff and just kind of putting stuff in perspective. Um, you know, I realized I was putting some boundaries up around myself. You know, that's partly part of the OCD, but partly things I can fix and control. So, uh-huh. you know, that one was pretty insightful. Um, you know, and so I, I was thinking about like how some people learn love and some people learn love through like competitions and, and, and lessons, you know, like growing up, like, you know, you get love from like doing well, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. at school or whatever, you know, the reward system. Yeah. It's kind of a reward. Um, uh, Oh yeah, I wrote this message to myself: Stop being a pussy and just live and love and let it all hang out. So, guys, writing song lyrics. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I also thought though that how long has love been around? Has it always, you know, existed? Um, well, how can something be even exist? I thought that it we maybe even, even be a mind virus, but not in like a negative way, you know, like a positive one or a product of psychedelics. Like maybe the stoned ape theory in a sense, or, um, you know, the, uh, you know, that whole, obviously we've mm. talked about the stoned ape and stuff and all that wonderful jazz on here before. So that was that one. Um, the most recent one I had was interesting. Uh, I don't know if there's any known science and maybe home mycology can answer this one, but 
I, I don't think that there's a known reason of why mushrooms produce psilocybin. Like there's no, they don't know evolutionarily why psilocybin produces or mushrooms produce psilocybin. So, uh, I was thinking maybe they give off psilocybin so that people will eat them or other things, other living things will eat them and have reverence for them and help us not destroy, uh, the planet. And, and maybe it even applies in like a predatory sense too. So it prevents whatever is ingesting them from eating more of them or from destroying the environment. Um, yeah. And then eating them could save the planet because you would, uh, want to be more empathetic. So mm, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I had that, that idea for that wall portal thing that I was telling you about for that movie idea. Yeah, well, I don't know if we want to talk about that. We got to keep these ideas. Yeah, yeah I, won't go in, I won't go in deep to that. Um, <laughs> and then I was also pondering the Sphinx and uh, in ancient Egypt and all that wonderful stuff. But yeah, that's uh, that's Mike pretty in a nutshell, folks. Yeah, that's pretty much some of my most recent trips and experiences and notes that I took, you know, from those. And like I said, I've written other things down, but some of it doesn't make sense and. There's weird things though where I'll write down and it's cryptic and then I come back to it and like looking at it, you know, in the right light, you know? Yeah. You know, it's like the dead, you know, lyric, you know, strangest places if you look at it right, you know, like that whole thing. And, well, you and, could have something mean something one day and then you look at it. Right, but it's something clicked. Like I've had a couple notes that I've written down where it like clicked afterwards. It's like, oh, that's what that, I would like, I'll be thinking about it and I'll be like, that's what I meant. And then I'll also correlate it back to how I felt during the experience. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much it. So this might be, unless we can come up with some more. I mean, I'm trying to think, I, I think I left a solve Salvia experience. So I'm trying to think how old I was. I was 24. Um, and I smoked 30. No, this one I think was 23x salvia and all i remember is like falling i literally like fell to the ground and it was just like all fractal stuff and i felt like i was falling in like a fractal pit and i didn't um when i got up it was only like two minutes it wasn't i wasn't even like in it that long it was like two minutes and when i got up i felt like it was forever you smoked that, correct? Yeah, you smoked salvia extract. Yeah, they used to. I mean, I don't know. I think it's illegal now, but it used to be legal. They used to sell it in pipe stores and stuff. Well, yeah, they. I think they advertised it as incense or something. Yeah, yeah, I smoked it. I... Yeah, home mycology. Yeah, I would love to try masticating it or chewing the leaves, but yeah, this was just smoking it. This is when you could just buy it in pipe stores, and it was still legal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's obviously the good changed. old days. They yeah. called them. I mean, that one's, <laughs> I think, yeah, salvia is just a, I think it's just a type of sage. So it's, you know, um, and that one's interesting too, because they don't know. I mean, I think that there's different types of salvia that are prevalent in like, you know, the Mediterranean and Middle East and stuff. But there's the one that they know with as salvinorum, uh, A and B is mainly found, I think in a small part in Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Hualta, I believe that area. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, actually the chewing too, I, that's what I, another thing I was going back with Dr. Gallimore 
uh, we were going back and forth and he was explaining that the chewing it, it's not that it's more potent, that it st- keeps you in there longer. It's that when you masticate it, uh, your the contact with your receptors is just longer. It's prolonged. So it's like, it's like a drip effect happening. Like when you chew kind of, as opposed to like some like massive dose that's just sitting there. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I've never even heard of people eating it or masticating on it. Yeah, there's that episode of Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia where he goes to, I think it's Hualta, like near where Maria Sabina uh, did all her sacred mushroom rituals, and he did a ritual with this lady. They call it like the shepherdess, and um, they tried blending the leaves and him drinking it the first time. She like, you know, bashed them all up on a couple rocks. Mm-hmm. And he drank like this huge cup and he said it, it like he wanted to throw up. It looked disgusting. Um, and he, um, he didn't have an experience. It didn't do anything. And I think that's because you're, by the time it gets to your gut, it like breaks down. It's, I don't know. I think, it, I don't know if it's water soluble or whatever, but it breaks down in your gut before it does anything. So, uh, but yeah, masticating it or smoking, I think is pretty much the only effective way. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, other than that, I mean, I have other experiences, but nothing really uh, noteworthy. Well, save those, and maybe we can come back with another installment. Yeah, we'll keep doing this. And we tried to do that thing in the past where we would read other people's trip reports, but nobody participated. So that's why I changed all the tiers. And But I like what what's going on now, what we have going on. So if you guys haven't checked us out on Discord, please do so. We're trying to get that... Uh, that community up and up and going there get a lot of chat going so yeah yeah um anything else no that's about it check out our website mindescapepodcast.com ooh this kid's plugging stuff oh yeah uh we got some cool shows coming up we're going to do one on a uh, uh ufo stuff with uh the signal from Twitter coming up, and then we also, I'm working on, I don't know exactly what day it might be Thursday with Dr. David Luke, um, mm-hmm. talking about psychedelics and psychedelic medicine and science and all that stuff, so. Nice. Uh, yeah, so yeah, check out mindescapepodcast.com. Uh, if you have not already, head on over to our new Patreon at patreon.com slash mindescapepodcast. I have correlating Discord you know, tiers and roles now. So become a mind escapee for just $2. You'll get exclusive content. You'll get the extra hour with Randall Carlson. You'll get the extra hour with, uh, you know, Sean Cahill, where he's showing us pictures of UFOs, you know, that he's taken. What else? We got uh, Laird Scranton, Dr. Gregory Little. We got a bunch of stuff up there. So yeah, we had a nice little flurry of, uh, some extra content in the last couple of weeks. Yep. And we'll keep doing it too through the uh, end of the year here. So we got some good good guests coming up and we'll you know, I've got some slideshow episodes ready to roll that I've been stockpiling for uh you know, when um, Maurice is out of town, I get those in and work on those. So um yeah, anything else? That's about it, my man. Oh yeah, head on over to uh Indra's web. Go to indrasweborg and sign up to get when uh an alert when the app goes live. Again, I'll be working on that soon. We'll try and get that going now. It seems like all the media stuff's dying down, so we'll try and uh, get that live because, I mean, I think that uh, we need a place like that where 
you can just talk about all this stuff and not have to worry about what forum or who's walk, you know, watching or whatever. And obviously we're not going to be collecting any data or information or anything like that. So you don't have to worry about that. It's purely to, you know, raise consciousness and get people talking about all these topics. So absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So we love everybody. Stay safe out there and, uh, we'll be back a couple more times this week. Peace. Cheers. Thank you.